from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Should the Panthers make keeping Edgero Evero, their defensive coordinator, despite who they name as their next head coach, a priority? Should they make it a priority in discussions with potential head coaches? This has become a thing. ESPN uh, is reporting on it. I've seen multiple journalists asking the question, some even advocating for it. I'm going to put my answer succinctly. No. They should not. Evero has done a very good job, right? Okay, let's let's get that out of the way. And I see the logic in wanting to keep him around with an offensive-minded head coach. Everything we've heard is they want an offensive-minded head coach, uh, somebody they can pair with Bryce Young to grow old together. So if they bring in that offensive-minded head coach, why in the world would I be against keeping a good defensive coordinator that did a good job this year running a defense for the Panthers? Fantastic question. I will answer it. Because it would be missing the point of what went wrong this season. It would be completely missing the point of what, what's gone wrong with the Panthers since David Tepper's taken over. If there is one thing that should be learned from this year, it's that you need better relationships between everyone in the building. You know all the rumored backstabbing that took place? There's that great article in The Athletic about assistant coaches going to the owner, about the maybe the head coach and the, the GM and the owner maybe not all being on the same page on which quarterback to draft. You know, you know all of these rumors about all of the backstabbing and the Game of Thrones level, like if I take him out, I could be on the throne. If, if, you know, that's all a relationship thing. It's just as bad that people were going to Tepper about Frank Reich. Like, it's bad for the people that were doing that end around, but it's also bad for David Tepper that they felt they could. That that they could go to Tepper and he wouldn't immediately tell Reich. It's bad when assistant coaches and head coaches and GMs and, and quarterbacks and, and, and owners are not having such open and free conversation because they like each other, trust each other, and respect each other's prowess at their job. It's a problem when there's all those disconnects. Remember the all-star coaching staff thing? I fell for it. I fell for it. Many of us did. Right? They went and got uh, the, the, this assistant from the Detroit Lions. They went and got that assistant from uh, uh, retirement, Jim Caldwell. They got Josh McCown from whatever he was doing. They, 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 like, they assembled this all-star coaching staff. That didn't work. Do you know why? Because they were all very accomplished, all very smart football minds, all very experienced. They came with like 200 years of NFL coaching experience, but they, they didn't all come from the same place. They didn't all understand each other you need to fully trust and you need everyone to be on the same page it was a faction just thrown together it was it was just yeah exactly it was a super team right like like you always hear in the nfl uh, whoever wins the offseason super team we got all the best free agents we got all the best uh, uh trade acquisitions and you're like wait a second we forgot to teach them how to play football together you might have the best uh, running backs coach in the league, the best this in the league, the best that coach in the league, the best offensive analyst in the league. But if they don't know how to coach together and trust each other, it's going to be a problem. So now you're going to take your next head coach 
And the first thing you're going to do is say, we'd really like you to keep a guy you don't know and haven't coached with on the roster. We'd really need you to have the defense run by somebody you don't have a relationship with. If, I, if I'm an offensive-minded head coach, the defensive coordinator has to be my best friend because I'm going to trust him with half of the game plan. And I'm the head coach that's going to go on my record, right? The head, my, my head coaching win-loss record is going to have 50% hinging on a defense put together by whoever the defensive coordinator is. I need to trust that guy with my life. And it's not going to be somebody that Tepper's like, he did good last year, you have to keep him. Fine. Uh, what does he like to do? How does he like to be communicated with? If I need him to change something because it's my show, I'm the head coach, how do I communicate that with him? Does he somebody that needs two compliments and a criticism? Do I have to say, listen, love what you're doing. That call on third down was unbelievable. Didn't see it coming. How you're handling the red zone is fantastic. But I'd like to see more pressure on first. Or is he somebody I can walk in and say, what the heck are you doing on first down, man? Get after the quarterback. How does he need to be talked to? Oh, I'm going to figure all that out while I'm putting together a plan to get Bryce Young back up to speed with his development, to putting a plan together for the draft to get as much as we can out of the limited number of picks we have. Uh, I'm going to put together a plan for the offense to get Miles Sanders back to where he was, figure out how to put together an offensive line that can protect my young quarterback, all while being the head coach. It's not fair to Evero. I get it. He did his job. You brought him in to run a defense. Their defense is playing well. He did his job. In a perfect world, everybody that does their job well will have unlimited job security. If you're, if you're showing up, putting in the work, getting the, the results, being a, a good coach, your job will be secure forever. Unfortunately, that's not how life works. David Tepper, the next head coach, if the GM is Scott Fitter, which I don't think it will be, whoever the next GM is, you can't worry about being fair to everyone in the building. You have to worry about what's best for the, the Carolina Panthers. What's best for business. And part of that is letting a head coach be a head coach. There's a line. Have you ever watched uh, a West Wing? I don't know why. The references come from all different kinds of places when uh, when Graham's on the I show. I love it, though. Uh, there's, a, there's a line. Um, I didn't even realize this happened. I don't even know if it actually happens, right? It's a TV show, so maybe this does or doesn't. But, like, during the State of the Union, and I did, by the way, I'm not getting political. It's a TV show. Um, when, like, the president and all of the cabinet members and all of Congress and the Senate are going to be in one room, they have, like, a designated person that goes somewhere else in case, like, a catastrophe happens. You know, the Secretary of Agriculture or whatever, someone they pick will be, you know, in a building way on the other side of D.C., and, and they'll be the acting president if the catastrophe happens to the room where everybody is. Um, and the president in the show looks at this person who they're designating to go somewhere else. And he's like, well, what would you do in this situation, right, if you're the guy? And he says, well, the, the president gives this person advice, right? If catastrophe happens and you have to be the president of the United States, here's the piece of advice I give. All right. He said, do you have a best friend? He said, yes. He said, is he way smarter than you? He chuckled and said, yes. He said, that's your chief of staff, right? That's your number two. That's the person you're going to be depending on most. If I'm an offensive-minded head coach, 
I need to have a best friend who's smarter than me and loves defense, and that's who I'm making my defensive coordinator. And that person is almost guaranteed not to be Evero for whoever the next head coach is. If it is, perfect, right? Then you're lucky as heck. If you just bring in somebody and you're like, who are you thinking for defensive coordinator? And they're like, well, for a big portion of my career, I was on the staff with this guy, Evero. And they're like, perfect, he's already here. Call him up. That would be a weird form of coincidence. If that's the case, everybody wins. But you have to let the head coach make that decision. Have to. And that goes, you know, I don't care if they they post three shutouts to end the season. It would make it a more difficult decision. Maybe that would make it so Evero would be the head coach, right? You could do that. But as as far as mandating or suggesting to your next head coach who his second most important coach on his roster will be, I hate it, right? I, I You need loyal, for lack of a better metaphor, soldiers – serving on your your staff so you can guarantee that person's not running around you to the owner to talk trash about how you're running the team. That setup is partially what undid the Panthers this season. Don't set yourself up to do it again. That's a problem. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. There's an article on ESPN.com right now. You can go read it for yourself, but I'll give you part of it. Uh, Florida State has had renewed in-depth discussions about its long-term future in the ACC in recent weeks, sources told ESPN, with talks reigniting following the Seminoles' omission from the college football playoff earlier this month. I knew it was coming, and I'm still mad. The situation is expected to come to a head in the near future and be formally discussed soon, sources indicated to ESPN. This is pointless it's only hurting yourself florida state and in tune right in in the same step hurting everyone else in the acc that's you state fans duke fans carolina fans wake forest fans syracuse fans louisville fans miami fans boston we could go through them all but tim this is the team we wanted representing us in the college football playoffs when they didn't get in it's why i hated 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 rooting for them but i knew i had to Florida State has had lawyers pouring over the ACC's grant of rights deal for two years. They have found no way out. What do they think is going to happen now? They're going to have these meetings. They're going to leak it to ESPN. Sources are going to say they're going to get together. They're going to have these meetings. They're going to make it a point of emphasis. They're going to say, we want out. They're going to turn to the lawyers in the room, and the lawyers are going to say, you can't. And then they're going to say, cool, do it again next month, like we've been doing for two years? Same time, same place. In the ESPN article, the grant of rights, which runs through 2036, gives the ACC control over media rights for its members, including the broadcasts of games in all sports. In addition, 
Any school that wants to leave the ACC would have to pay an exit fee of three times the league's operating budget or roughly $120 million. So for them to leave, they would have to give ESPN or the ACC or whoever's the ACC's media partner control over their media rights until 2036, which means if they play in a game, the ACC gets to control where that media money goes. And then on top of that, another $120 million. So if you can come up with that money, get the heck out, Florida State. If you can come up with that money, that's, I mean, I have to estimate three-fourths of a billion totaling the grant of rights money plus the 120 fee. If you can come up with $750 million, estimating, but if you can do that, give it to the ACC and bounce. Get out of there. And if you can't, which I don't know, I mean, unless you're you're just, I don't know, selling your stadium or something, I, I, I don't know how you would get that kind of cash, but if you can't, shut up. Right? Stop leaking all this nonsense about how much you hate the ACC because if you just disparage the ACC every chance you get, despite the fact that you can't leave, you're just hurting yourself. It's like, oh, wow, we didn't make the college football playoff because everybody thinks the ACC stinks. Well, yeah, all last offseason, we were saying how much we wanted out of the ACC because the ACC stinks. I don't know where they got that idea from. So if we get another offseason, and it's starting early, right? We're not even through bowl season, and they're already doing this mess. If we get another offseason where Florida State is just, we want to leave because you can't compete with the big schools in the ACC. We want to leave because they have so much more money in these other conferences than the ACC. We want to leave because the ACC can't do this. We want to leave because the ACC can't do that. And then Florida State finishes second in the ACC next year. Say Clemson gets it going again. Say uh, I don't know, another team has a dream run and, and, and Florida State finishes in second. Guess what? The college football playoff is going to go, sorry, Florida State, the ACC doesn't have the teams to compete, so you're not in the top 12 of the college football playoff, despite the fact that you only lost one game and it was in the ACC championship game. We have to take the auto bid. We have to take the ACC champion there, and we're not going to take you because you told us all offseason how bad the ACC was. And they're like, yeah, but we wanted to leave. Great, you can't. Bashing your head against the wall over and over and over again. Mike Norvell, their head coach, after their season, uh, you know, talking to the media, they're still struggling with being left out of the college football playoff. Okay. You know, it's been challenging. You know, for all the things that, uh, you know, how the – how the season ended, you basically got 12 hours to celebrate, you know, what was an unbelievable accomplishment for this team. Uh, then you had to learn how to work through disappointment, hurt, you know, frustration, anger, all the, every bit of it. I mean, you're 18 to 22 year old kids and you're 42 year old coach, um, you know, and so it's, it's hard, but you know, at the end of the day, you control the things you control. You know, we did everything that, that we needed to do to win 13 games this, uh, this season. Now we get an opportunity to, to go get better. It can't just be good when it sounds good. But for a group of young men that are having to work through that, I mean, it's probably been the most challenging couple weeks of coaching I've ever had. You know, it is our reality. So you work through it and you go push and get better. I get it. I don't think they're going to stop struggling with being left out of the college football playoff anytime soon. But I do think you should make sure you're not hurting your chances of being in a similar situation next year. 
The fact of the matter is, I'd say, I mean, if you really want to pay a giant exit fee, you might be able to get out of the ACC around 2030. That's that's the way I look at it. You'd have to pay a magnificent fee to leave. But if you were that dedicated, I think you might be able to, and if the structure hadn't changed in a bigger way before then, right? Uh, People seceding from the NCAA or conferences disintegrating. If there's not bigger changes, I think Florida State could get out of the ACC by 2030. That'd be expensive, but I think they could do it. Which means until 2030, Florida State's interests are tied to the Atlantic Coast Conference. So you better stop killing the Atlantic Coast Conference. Every offseason we're going to do this. We want out. You can't get out. Darn. We want out. You can't get out. Darn. Over and over again. We're just going to do this. ACC stinks. Yeah, but you have to stay. Fine. We're going to do that. How many times? How many times are we going to do it, Florida State? ACC stinks. We went undefeated in the conference. That's so beneath us. Why yeah. are we not in the college football playoffs? Because you keep saying it's so beneath you. <laughs> if you keep saying it's beneath you, it's definitely beneath, you know, Washington. It's also Boo Corgan's fault because, remember, nah. he is on the college football committee after all. Chair of it. Chair he's of the it. athletic director at NC State, so he must nah. not want to see any other team succeed. Because he's not invested in the future of the ACC. Oh, wait, he is too. Everyone in the ACC is invested in the ACC's future because you can't leave. And, I, you know, I'll say this one last time. I've said this before. I'll say it one last time. Do you know who is the big winner? And every time Florida State brings up this conversation, every time realignment gets brought up, every time Clemson or UNC hint that they might want to leave, the big winner is very simple. Whatever lawyer drew up the contract for the ACC grant of rights, because there's not a loophole in that bunch. Because if there was, everyone would have walked out of that loophole already.